This morning sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. Ninety-eight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Broads, broads. It's guns uh, and roses and then Mike and the Molotovs. Beautiful thing. That's a good start to the day right there. Uh, now I'm getting all my emails of Americans just screaming out, Yeah, we'll defend ourselves. Right, exactly. Let's not go crazy. Let's not become nutbags. Just, you know, realize where we can shift our focus from tragedy to heroic behavior uh, and start looking for that. Also, scared a lot of people of uh, thinking of Brady as an 80-year-old. Said uh, This one says, holy crap, man, I enjoy colostomy sack 80-year-old Brady a lot. I laughed my ass <laughs> off at that. If Brady makes it to 80, he's going to look like something out of a horror movie. Somehow or another, he'll still be a little bit rotund. I bet he'll have some sort of contraption that's essentially an industrial-grade grinder where you can just pour anything into a funnel and it pumps and then grinds and then shoots it right through a tube that goes into his throat. <laughs> Because he can't chew anymore, obviously. It's too much energy. Uh, Like that time machine from Back to the Future. It just feeds itself off banana peels and leftovers. And then Kirby will come and go, Okay, Pop Pop, time for lunch. And Brady will just start rocking back and forth in his chair, watching her pour into the funnel. Bones, chicken wings, (laughs) birthday cake. And then to top it off, a healthy squeeze of his sauce. One thing I couldn't help but think about would be Brady's toenails, and that's because of my grandmother. Oh, yeah. 80-year-old toenails. Gold. My dad dremeled my grandmother's off. Uh-huh. Isabel was in the garage, and he had to dremel off her eagle talon. It was the grossest smell and look ever. My, when she took her shoe off, my dad almost started crying. He goes, how are you walking? This is why I don't walk much, Dan. She had a two-inch thick hook coming out of her big toe, wrapping around the front of her toe. Oh. And my dad tried to use uh, landscape trimmers. Couldn't get them between her skin and the thing. And then dremeled. And it took forever. Did she go run a marathon after that or what? No, she walked a little better for a while. but And they were dark yellow. Ah, my dad I mean, got pedicures. Whoa, whoa. Smart. At the end. Because he can't get down there and do anything. Yeah. Isabel but didn't they do will a go. thing. Yeah. For you. And it's a color you can't expect. It's not on any Benjamin Moore palette. It's not a Pittsburgh Paints. You don't go to Home Depot and get a color match for that. It doesn't exist on the spectrum of colors. It's only It should be called Old Lady Toes. It's the only place you'll find that color. Greenish, brownish, yellow, but deep, dark, gross. And it smelled like a... a oh, Infected God. ivory. Somewhere between, like, if... I don't know why even, because I don't know what this smells like, but if you were to, like, gut a squirrel and just 
smell it immediately, and then also diarrhea. Like, that was the smell that was coming out of her toenail. Ah. She lived with us for three months. It felt like about ten years. And those toes, good Lord. Ah. And then you're 12 years old, and your grandma lives with you, and you're peeing herself and walking around the house, and she'll walk by like, Whoa! Grandma! What? Did you... Oh, God, it's like ammonia. It's like somebody's cleaning a factory or a warehouse with chemicals. You can't be in the house. Oh, you're so rude. I'm like, you're the one pissing yourself. That's right. My grandmother was John Mulaney. Oh, you're so rude. (laughs) But I was the only one that would say anything. Oh, grandma pissed herself again. Oh, that's not how we handle things. That's how we handle things. When somebody pisses themselves, Johnny said so. Ugh, that toenail. But yeah. An old faithful Muggsy the dog came through. Yeah, Muggsy used to eat her yoo-hoo that would fall out of her and she wouldn't flush. Ah, I caught Muggsy in there a couple of times. That was Brandy, actually. Brandy, Brandy. Was, Brandy was pre-Muggsy. Brandy was uh, my That's first wine runner. Brandy. And that noise, just her in that toilet. Oh, if Brandy's drinking out of the toilet again, I'll be right back. <laughs> Brandy's covered in yoo-hoo! Grandma! What? You didn't flush! And Brandy loves what's coming out of you. I'm cooking. That's why I used to think uh, it would be a good idea for Ken Elration or Alpo to make old lady chow. Because whatever comes out of them, dogs love. And that's why when old people die, there's always a dog half-eating them. Cats. They don't get nervous they're like oh there's a dead body and we'll just feed on that from us they love the flavor of old circle cats call their friends that's the most amazing that's how good old people taste to cats you can die an old man can die in a house alone which is probably going to be my life that's like kind of almost a dream of mine is to be the like a lot of people think that's bad but to die alone with a cat and then your six dogs and then well my dogs will probably be they'll disappear but dogs will tell dogs will keep the cats away eventually they'll eat you Cats immediately, dead body, neighbor cats. It's a party. It's this. It's their Super Bowl. You've never once seen, oh, this body was in the house for five days and his single cat was devouring him slowly. Uh-uh. Cat got the word out. And usually the house is, so that's how they find the body. It's like that old man's house is surrounded by cats. They find a way in. The cats can open doors. Next thing you know, there's 25 cats and a half-eaten old man. They love the flavor of dead old people. Love it. And since my grandma was on her way out, what was coming out of her was pretty much decrepit old people stinking. Boy, did Brandy like that. He'd wait outside her her bathroom over there in our Tempe house and just sit smelling at the door at the bottom. Like, oh, grandma's in there dropping a deuce. Brandy thinks it's feeding time. Hot luck. <laughs> just dumping little hot pockets all over the house. Pissing herself. Aging sounds awful to me. Just awful. Yeah, a guy said uh, there's a lady at his work that has a black name, and he's considering firing her now. Uh, that's right. Uh, 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 Rachel Dolezal is your lesson. And you know what else we were talking about off the air? You know if you changed your name to Inkichi Dioliop. Yeah. And you're and nobody knows you're Rachel Dolezal. What happens if a white lady comes in here right now and says, My name is Ungatu Rubaga Adua. Oh, really? You don't think somebody like me is not going to have a couple of questions? How, how, 
How'd you get that name? No white people. What are your parents' names? Oh, uh, Ted and Alice. Okay. How did you end up with this? You're doing something. You're up to no good. This is no good. A few questions had to come up. Are you black? And then, of course, Rachel Dolezal was like, yes. Because she still was pretending down there in Tucson. That's the fun part of this story we haven't heard yet. Her coworkers haven't come out saying she was telling all of us she was black. She's addicted to it. She's absolutely addicted to pretending to be black. Addicted. And not hot enough to have an OnlyFans no. that I makes I wonder if she was ever down money. in Tucson and it was like coming to America. Someone moves out. They lived in Washington at one time. And they're like, Prince? Chris Jeffrey, like they recognize Rachel? Rachel? Oh, no, 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 no. Ngeechee. Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Mm. There had to be one Tucson teacher that took to her in the math department and said, so, what an interesting name. What's the origin of that? And then she got to tell her story again of her fake background. She's lying down there. The Tucson coworkers will come forward eventually and say, oh, she had an elaborate story about being from Nigeria and that her parents was were explored. The yeah, the oh, yeah. And deep down, all she was was that lying bitch from Spokane <laughs> whose parents ratted her out. And I don't know what to do with this. Also have to uh, say, Brett was in Mesa the other day for your normally find a dead body in the West Valley when he's out there. Now there's an auto body shop by where Brett was that just found two skulls. <laughs> Every time you go somewhere. That's an auto body that. shop it's, thing. It's, it's, it's probably been, you know, oh my getting God. work done. That's true. This wasn't and at Orlando's place. Yeah, but longer. it was at Orlando's place. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to just tell you, as, as shilly and corporate horse as it sounds, just only use Shane Orlando for this stuff. Someplace in Mesa, again, routine business inspection. And they're like, okay, two pounds of meth, two human heads. Like, all sorts of stuff laying around. They're like, you didn't even, like, have the decency to, to knock the inspector out and then hide the human heads? We found the rattle in your car. <laughs> it was a human skull. Now, we've done business with auto body shops in the past. And I'll tell you that the... Yeah, you had kind of have some bad oh, luck with that, the so... The God's honest truth of this. The first one, I liked the guys a lot. Name was Jason. Jason was a good dude. Ran an auto body shop, and he's like, I want you to help me endorse this. And the reason I met him was because I left my car out one night, and some of those wretched teenagers went on an Egan festival in the middle of July um, and got a bunch of cars. And mine happened to be outside, and I, I was on break. It was July 4th week, and the sun cooked eggs into my black paint. So I had to go to this place to get my car fixed and worked on, and I talked to him, and he had all these plans. I'm like, this is great. I love what you're doing here. And we got the car painted and redone, and he handled everything. And, and he said, and we started to talk, and he listened to the show. And he's like, I'd love for you to do this endorsement we've been talking about. I'm like, oh, let's talk about that. So we did it. Uh, his, he ends up getting murdered in the shop, like a year into this thing. It's, good, it's a Dateline special. It was such an intricate, you know, his best friend slash brother. They were so close, they called each other brothers. I had to find out they weren't really brothers. Oh, they weren't? No. His oh, wow. mom... His mom uh, ran the crematorium in Mesa. It fired up at 10 o'clock the night he disappeared and closed at 11. There's all really so, quick. There's all sorts of crazy that went with this. And then it was like, uh, it was bananas. I went to a lunch with the guy who uh, ran their marketing on a Monday. 
And uh, we were going to talk about that. Nobody knew anything. So on a Monday, he comes to me. Oh, we're sitting at lunch, and he goes, I got some weird news. Uh, Jason's been missing since Friday night. I'm like, what? Yeah, he's been gone since Friday. We don't know what happened. How about that? A couple days later, uh, when the police went to investigate, they found, like, evidence of bullets and repaired walls and, like, a new drywall and paint and all that stuff. And so then, the you know, it started to kind of add up. So that all kind of starts to go away, except for one of the guys in charge of the place after everything was said and done said, I'm going to keep the business alive. It's a good business. And so will you keep doing an endorsement or changing the name? And I'm like, uh, I suppose so. So then this dude, who I end up liking quite a bit, <laughs> ends up going a little batty. And he just unfortunately passes on. Uh, uh Odd circumstances all the way around in his world, right? So that goes away. So I'm like, I'm done. I am the kiss of death for auto body shops. Not doing it. Then Shane Orlando comes forward. Uh, you got your car. You're going to do all that? I'm like, yeah, Shane, I don't know if it's a good match. Uh, Did you give him a heads up about yeah. all this? <laughs> the guy kind of, when I show up, people die. Here's my resume. <laughs> right. He's coming in Geechee. And he's like, I'm not scared of that. I said, okay. okay, so Shane and I, and it's been going strong. Knock on wood that Shane's there. But here's the reason why. And in fairness to the other two places, those dudes had some temperament issues. The you other think? guys said, Yeah, a little bit. Temperament issues played a role. Shane's the coolest cucumber I've ever dealt with in my life, which means if at the very least, he'll be doing the killing. That's all I'm He'll be the one that. The only thing Shane can do is snap. Nobody ever gets. Nobody's mad enough at Shane Orlando to ever be upset. But it seems like to be a uh, very stressful business. Because auto body shops have stories. And another one, two human heads and a couple pounds of meth to go along with a bunch of other stuff they were hiding. That's what was reported. Right, that's what we know. <laughs> Here's two pounds of meth we found. Right, that's, what they, that's what they couldn't get out of there yeah. in time. But two human skulls. If you've got human skulls, don't keep them at work. That's where other people are. <laughs> Brett, where do you keep a human skull? I don't. Exactly. You get rid of it. Mead. You throw it in a lake. You tie a rock to the yeah. center of it. Everybody knows you that. Chuck it somewhere that isn't going to get found. Goddamn amateurs. Uh, they also found stolen cars. Uh, some of the cars didn't line up. Two pounds of meth, two rifles, a sawed-off shotgun, and a couple human skulls. <laughs> well, just go to Orlando. Don't buy, Trust me. I, I, let me have done all the legwork for you. Shane, you can count on. You were just there. It, nobody got murdered, right? Except Sinaloa, it, yeah. auto body. Right. Something going on with being able to hide cocaine in tires and too many people to watch movies. It, trust trust Shane on this one and just don't even bother with the other place. It's scary. Human skulls. And you're thinking, this guy's giving me a good deal. Yeah, because he's using your car to run sawed-off shotguns from A to B. He needs He needs wheels, and you're providing them. Come on down to Sicario Chevrolet. Yeah, I'm gonna need your uh, I'm gonna need your car for another week. Uh, we can't quite find the problem. Another week just means another twelve or fifteen immigrants and uh, probably seven to ten illegal weapons have been delivered. John Holmberg's morning sickness, the ninety eight. 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. Just, yeah. It, and, and by the way, Shane Orlando, if you're listening, if you've got human heads in your shop, I should know about it. I'm the one leading people to you. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, but that is a... Those are my new headers. <laughs> it's such a strange business that, I mean, that murder that happened. And then the weirdest part was the dude that ended up committing the murder. And that was the strangest phone call ever received of all time. The dude that ended up being at least tried and convicted for the murder uh, called us while it was all going on and asked if he could still have U-Fest tickets. It was a, around March of that year. He called us and asked us, hey, could there, uh, do I still get U-Fest tickets, right? Because I haven't been formally charged. Like, sure. Can't wait to see you there. Bye. And then we had to debate. Like, don't piss him off. Like, he's got nothing to lose right now. Give him his tickets. He wanted VIPs. I think we gave him general, we gave him the GAs, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're a pretty good advertiser. I'm like, yeah, well, don't you have a bigger fish to fry here? No, I want to see Seven Dust. Okay. Well, here's your VIP passes, and let us know when you're coming and going, if you don't mind. Just text me when you're there. I don't want to upset anybody, but... You're going to say no to him? Yeah, I'm, I, I was in the room when Dana got the call, and he's like, what do we do? And I'm like, give that guy all the goddamn tickets we've got. It's his show. Make it private. That story is amazing. I keep waiting for Keith Morrison to show up and interview me. In the and case. then you talk to Jason, and he had an alibi. Or did he? No one knew. And an unsuspecting radio personality kept telling people to go there. Huh? He didn't know. Neither did I. Or did I? Didn't know a thing. Greatest part of that story was I bought a car about two weeks before he got shot. And he told me, if you get a car, let me know. And you never need a warranty again. I'm your guy. And I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. So as the time came to whether or not I was getting a warranty on the car, I looked at the guy and I'm like, I've got a guy. And Megan tapped me on the shoulder and said, yeah, but what if something happens? That made me think she might have been in on it. She words so words said, "You know, accidents happen." <laughs> right? What if someone kills him? I'm like, I don't. That's specific. Uh, I don't think that's going to be. What if someone kills him next Friday? I don't think that. But you know what? You make a solid point. But she's like, "Yeah, but just what if? What if he moves?" And I'm like, "You know what? You're right." So I got the warranty. Good move. Nice. Good move. Because that would have been a tough call. So, uh, yeah, I know you're going through a lot here, but I didn't get a warranty because of you guys. So here's some VIP tickets to U-Fest. And can we keep that whole thing alive? That's pretty amazing. So, yeah, just go to Orlando. No human heads, no cocaine runs, no sawed-off shotguns in the facility. I don't know if Shane's got them at home, but you're allowed to have stuff at home. A decent person has their human heads in a freezer in their house until they figure out what to do with them. They don't bring them to work. That means it was happening at work, or they're pulling them out of the cars and just 
That means there's more than just those two. Those were the rogue ones. Whoops. A couple more heads we forgot to. Something horrible going on in there. And I didn't know they did routine business inspections anywhere. Could be just like insurance company or OSHA or something like that. You know, Did that happen when you were working on? Not that I know of, but I mean, it might have. I mean, we were in a big shop, so. But some guy just comes rapping on the door. Hi, my name's Todd. I'm with the state. Just a routine business inspection. Okay, Todd. Have at it. Mind the methamphetamine and human skulls. Okay. I probably need to know where those are first. Let's just get that out of the way. Well, if you, you know, I could, I could see routine business inspections on some of the areas around, you know, there, there's like auto bodies and then dance clubs. Oh, auto sure, bodies sure. And above the thing is a dance club. <laughs> right. I could see where you kind of have to separate, you know, for hygienic reasons. But look, Brady, if you and I had a shop together. And we're keeping meth and human heads in there. The decent thing to do when the inspector shows up is to clonk him in the melon, take him out, and, uh, you know, drive him down in, like, Brett's car that needs some repair work and drop him off in a Mexican desert and then come back with his car. That's what makes me nervous about car shops when you go there and we drove it around. Okay. 120 miles. Seems like the problem's good. 120 miles? Where'd you go? We just want to make sure it was good still. That seems like an exception. You picked up some people at the border. I always picture that Ferris Bueller shot of the Ferrari going yeah, over there. Flying. Yeah. My Jeep's out there in Sedona just doing, yeah, it seems to be working great. Anyway, just go to Shane. <laughs> and again, if you've got human heads in your restaurant or your auto body shop, Brett will tell you. And a guy knocks on the door and says, random inspection. You gotta kill him too. Haven't you watched a movie? That's a loose end. He's gonna find him. Oh, the, if you're if at any point in your life someone comes to your door and says, I need to do this, this, and this, and your first thought is, Oh, geez, he's gonna find the human heads. Just keep killing. There's no reason to stop now. What's one more charge? What right. You know? You've already got two human heads. What's the ins- can't kill the inspector, he's innocent. Come on. What are those doing here? What's this? Oh, uh, we shrink heads for uh, natives. Hmm. Shouldn't have them in a body shop, you know, especially this close to your methamphetamine. What's and that's that the, doing the dirty there? dining report. They found chicken on a shelf above two pounds of crystal methamphetamine in a human skull. Now, we've had issues before where human skulls are just, you know, decorative. You know, the inspector's probably not for sure. So we don't know for sure, but it's probably, guy, it's not kosher to have. This guy said it could have been a fire safety equipment check by the is fire that what department. That is? Yeah. Which is, yeah, I guess pretty, that's pretty normal. Pretty normal. So he's checking for the uh, equipment in the car. <laughs> no, sprinklers and stuff. I'm getting punched in every direction. Oh. Says, we all know why you were hesitant to get that warranty. It wasn't because the guy was suspected of murder or anything. You're a Jew, and we all know it, signed Gilbert Moms. <laughs> God damn it, that had nothing to do with it. It did play a little part. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, decent people with two human skulls keep the killing train alive when the inspector shows up. I've watched movies. I watched that uh, that show with, uh, uh, what was his name, Steve Carell, and he's the therapist, and that kid Gleason is uh, killing uh, restaurant inspectors. 
places he worked because he, he killed a restaurant of uh, critics and inspectors and things that he always killed. Insp- he was an inspector of restaurants too. And if you treated him bad, he'd, he'd kill the owners yeah. and the managers. And that was the smart, that was a good show too. You know better than that. So, by the way, also, not a bad idea today. If you've got a couple of pounds of methamphetamine at your work and two human heads, sell it quick. Mop that up a little bit. Today might be a surprise inspection. A little pop quiz. Uh, this guy says Maricopa County does unannounced inspections on auto body shops once a year. It's for the air quality permits. Hmm. All right. So, lesson and learned. checking for heads. Right. Now they have another thing to look for. Heads. Horrifying. The world's gone crazy. I was listening to, I, I've never listened to NPR before because I'm a man. NPR is rough. It's brutal. NPR did a story yesterday celebrating queer animals for Valentine's Day. I'm like, what is the liberal media's obsession with gay stuff? Uh, it is weird. It is an obsession. Like, if it's gay, they go and they're talking about zoo animals that are gay and celebrate it. Well, how do you know if an animal's a twink? Well, the, there's one way. Well, so that's the thing. If they're like all if, the same sex in there. If they start boning like a, each other. So if it looks like the old BS West on a Friday night, then... <laughs> I, uh, they know they're gay because they listen to a lot of Adele, the animals, and then uh, you know a lot of feather boas out of the Studio 54 one. lights in their cage and stuff. But and, they were they were celebrating uh, Manny Loves Cayenne. And you know how uh, I always say, like, you know, it's questionable whether or not... We always tease Christy from the zoo that she makes stories up about what she knows about animals and it's... This is proof that I'm kind of right on that, that it's about the show and it's about the business and there's nothing wrong with that. But let's stop with the whole science end because they were trying to make these two um, – I forget what they were, what animals they were. But they were two uh, – some sort of weird animal and they wanted them to mate. Were they primates or they – No, no, no. They were uh, – it was like a two aardvarks. They celebrated two gay aardvarks. Uh, it's on – I wrote it down. Uh, Manny and Cayenne were uh, – well, they had the book. Remember the two penguins in the Central Park Zoo? They started with that. I wrote all this down. Uh, There's a book called Antango Makes Three, which was two gay baby penguins or two penguins that raised the penguin together. They put a baby in there. Yeah. And they gay parented the baby. Were, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess penguins dabble in gay. And then there was the other one that. <laughs> well, they, uh, they, they, they're most are like, it's definitely 50 50 on the parenting, you know, like because the one has to leave for feeding to go get the food. When you sure. saw the, the well, not in the zoo, Morgan though. Freeman, no, right. but um, but in real penguins, yeah. yeah, a couple of them have to. You got an uncle to take care of you while the dad's off, you know, deployed for food run. But anyway, Manny and Cayenne are mammals of some sort. I don't know what they were. I don't remember. But they so they were paired together to breed by zookeepers a few years ago. So the experts, the scientists, put these two in there and said, "All right, let's get to breeding." And it wasn't working. And they were watching them go at it. And then uh, two years went by. And Cayenne wasn't pregnant, so the zoo brought in a specialist and said, what's going on? Is Cayenne okay? And they're like, well, problem is these balls here are keeping Cayenne from getting pregnant. You got a couple boys in there, zoo. <laughs> the zoo waited 24 solid months before one person said, ah, maybe they're just gay. You got some sort of balls. They stuffed them in a room together. Like We're not questioning. They yeah, this is a boy. Yeah, they didn't even know. That's how scientific the whole experience. Just throw them in there. I think that one's a girl. It's smaller. So the guy says, I think the issue here isn't the ovaries being bad. It's these testes. And then everybody had a big laugh. And then, so then NPR is like, so they're gay? 
So they were gay? It's like, well, no, they were in prison cells together. They were the only thing they saw every day, and eventually they just started humping each other. So they say Manny and Cayenne have continued their bond. like It's like a Brokeback Mountain thing. It's a bromance, they call it. The zoo's bromance. And then gay penguins, anteater couples are in zoos. And then it says, uh, and then it just gave a list. Here are the um, five gayest animals on the planet, NPR said. The top five? Top five. Super gay animals. They were, this was a, like a 20-minute story. Wow. Banana slugs are hermaphrodites. They were celebrating like, see? Uh, hey. There's an all-female lizard species. Well, they're, yeah, they switch up. They can swap out. Clownfish switch their genders, so it's not unusual for your kid to want to do it. Uh, some deer are non-binary. This was NPR's thing yesterday. Some deer have velvet. They get into, what do they call that? The yeah, the, when they go into velvet to shed the, right, the horn. Right, but they never growing. shed them. They keep oh, the them, velvet they keep, stage? They keep them forever because they're non-binary. Ooh, that's sassy. Yeah. And bonobos don't care what they have sex with. They're having some sex. They're a social That's a funky species. monkey. Yeah, that, okay, you take a lap right now, you mother... You should work at NPR with garbage like that. Stop it. And that's probably what they said at the end of the NPR thing. That's one funky monkey. We'll be right back with more nauseating... <laughs> but yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't stop being happy about queer zoo animals. Like, and they kept saying queer. I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm being mean. That's what they called it. Like... You know, in the animal kingdom, it's mostly queer. Like, I don't think that's accurate at all. But it's an obsession. If it's gay, they go crazy. I don't even think gay people want to watch animals have gay sex, do they? Doesn't that make you a... Like, you're a weirdo if you want to watch animals have sex in the first place. No, it doesn't matter what you're... What you're like it, you know, with the human species, you looking at animals going, ooh, gay ones. That's, you're a degenerate. Especially in, you know, in the animal kingdom. It's you dirty. Know, certain ones, well, you know, like in cats or the predatory type, where you need strength in numbers, <laughs> you're getting weeded out. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Yeah, if you, if you start doing that, that's the big religious argument that the, the population will dwindle if everybody goes gay. But they'll still have a couple popping out babies for more gays later. John Holmberg's Morning Sickness, the 98 KUPD. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. But man, were they excited about it. And they were mad because they uh, some schools had banned that book, And Tango Makes Three. Because it was like a children's book about gay parents, but they were penguins, so they were kind of cute. So two gay penguins raising a little kid. See how good this could be? And in a way, you know, I know your dad's not gay, but he made a decent living his whole life. If he had another one of those at the house, you would have had a better childhood. <laughs> You'd have had more stuff, more toys, nah, I don't know about that. better clothes. Yeah, if Kurt had an influence like that, you know, 100% earner. I don't know about that. You wouldn't like you don't like to think your dad in that situation. No. I like thinking of Dan in that situation. But if Dan was gay and found an equal partner financially, my childhood would have been. So better. you're thinking of Dan going to, <laughs> going to town or <laughs> no, what? You know, I don't want to think about that. That's what NPR will think of for me. All Could I know is if Dan, Dan had a guy who made the same money Dan made, we'd have had a negative. And he met pool. him at work. Nice. The structures that they would have built. Oh. And the designs. Eiffel Tower. What my dad needed for his construction stuff was a designer. 
Yeah. He built blocky, dumb things. If he had a gay mate, it was like, Dan, no, no, no. And he would have drawn it better. And then my dad would have been able to build it. My dad's plans were bad. He wasn't very handy. He could build big stuff. Everything he built was just ridiculously clunky and huge. He needed a little gay influence. It's like your pergola in the backyard. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the worst Chinese but restaurant taking lobby it down. ever. No, nothing. It's it probably was, still there. <laughs> I, the people who bought it had to bring in backhoes, dozers, and wrecking balls. Yeah. It was the ugliest entrance to a Chinese restaurant you've ever seen for no reason next to our pool. And my dad was so proud of it. It was awful. He needed a gay. <laughs> but yeah, NPR was just... I mean, there is a pure fascination with things being gay. And it always makes me think of my friend Thomas. They're indoctrinated. Yeah, everything's going gay. I'm like, nah, you're crazy. I never listened to NPR before. I've never done any... It made me go to their website... It made me go, I gotta see this. These two people were like, you know, for Valentine's Day, one thing that needs to be celebrated is queer animals. Like, you guys planned this. They had like clips, interviews. Like, you guys, had, you went out of your way to talk about animals having anal sex. You're perverts. Something's wrong with you two. <laughs> Anteaters like to shove their giant hose noses into each other's butts. NPR is educational. Like, gee, yeah, it is. The most learning I've done in a long time. And the thing I learned is, you're creepy. And all five never prolapse. <laughs> That's called the anteater's rosebud. <laughs> that means his anteater friend is a little bit more girthy. <laughs> oh. We'll be right back with more NPR radio. That's one funky monkey. <laughs> okay. Gay Brady. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? And the reason I did it is because I was talking about going to that Mormon channel on, on uh, the KTAR backup HD thing, which is still hilarious. And then I'm like, what is the other one? What's that KJ? What is, and I think that's the NPR one. Popped on a little news report about gay animals at the zoo and couldn't have been more thrilled about it. For Valentine's. That was their big Valentine's Day story. Not some love letter that was found in a bottle in Ireland and two people were reunited 60 years later. and Not some true love story. Uh-uh. Anteaters butt each other. <laughs> they couldn't have had a, they couldn't have been a, a, like a bigger celebration for them. You know what we should do is go to the zoo and place two boy animals in and force them to have only interaction with each other. And then eventually they're going to have sex and we can watch. Bung, bung, bung. NPR. <laughs> I should have called him. Yeah. Listening out here in Phoenix, it sounds like you guys are kind of freaking out over some bestiality. Is it? Oh, we're not involved in it. We just like to watch. You like to cuck gay animals at the zoo? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> bung, bung, bung. NPR. So that's your national public radio. That's subsidized by the government. That's, that's who's putting money towards that. Here, keep this alive. Do a story on Valentine's Day about the love of two male animals that you love to watch have anal together. They were so excited about Cayenne and uh, Manny. And it does kind of bleed into the whole idea of, like, is there anybody in the zoo that knows what's going on at all? <laughs> two years, you were watching them mate and had no 
And then it took a an outsider to come in and go, it's because everybody's balls can't make a baby. Where was this? At the Palm Springs? Yeah. Uh, my, my, I don't remember where this Yeah, Christy had nothing to do with this, right? <laughs> no, no, Christy okay. does. But Christy's lied to us about what she knows about animals. <laughs> she, she's, look, Christy does a good job running that zoo. But let's just hope the experts aren't tossing a car. Here's one and another one that looks like it. Throw it in there and see if they make more. Nah, they're gay. They had no choice. It's what happens in prison when you put two dudes in a room in solitary. Eventually, one of them's going to wrestle the other to the ground. The best part is this, uh, the story says, Manny and Cayenne were paired together to breed by zookeepers. And then, quote, they honestly were fast friends. <laughs> we saw them rolling around and we thought, this is encouraging. And then the breeding behavior began. After two years of watching these two have gay sex, they're like, why don't, I, why don't we have more of those? We should call in an expert. I don't know where their balls are, and I'm not looking for a vagina on a little tiny mammal. That's what you needed because a dude came in and just moved some hair out of the way and said, see here? Uh, this one's balls clack against this one's balls, and that's anti-baby making <laughs> stuff. Huh. Ah. <laughs> well, color me a crazy zookeeper who didn't know. I shouldn't work here. Do you have to resign immediately after your two-year run of trying to mate mammals with balls? And call it, you can't be a zook. I'm a zookeeper. Oh, yeah? What are you doing? Well, currently we're trying to make two gay small mammals have babies. Huh. You think that's going to work out? I don't know. You shouldn't work at the zoo. You should be fired today. And never tell anybody about this. Yeah, they go into this mating season where they get into a rage and they try to destroy everyone. <laughs> right. Yeah, put a couple chads in there, and they turned out to, they started a fraternity, and then it got weird. It was a terrible idea. Zookeepers, you have to just stop saying that unless you're you're sure of yourself. But boy, did that NPR love them some gay zoo animals, <laughs> and it was their Valentine's Day special. So hopefully, you know, you've got a couple anteaters in the backyard named Clyde and Chad, and they're getting it on over mimosas. And- pleasing you i know liberals hate that but that's your camp you guys straighten up your mess i'm in the middle don't blame me for any of the others but i'm not getting in on that one that was a full-on lefty crazy story so now zoos are riding each other could could we uh borrow your top anteater <laughs> right our bottom we have a bottom <laughs> we have and- a bottom and we have two bottoms they're, they're, that's what the animal exchange will be in the future columbus is loaning their top the San Diego's because they had two tops in San Diego and two bottoms in Columbus. And you can't have gay f- that way. We really wanted our anteaters to have tons, copious amounts of gay butt sex. But we had two bottoms and they just weren't getting it together. They'd have drinks together every once in a while, but they never ever finished up. <laughs> Give each other a hand job, but it wasn't enough. Not a fulfilling relationship between the anteaters. <laughs> Evidently also... Not learned on NPR, but through another gay show, is that the modern gays uh, have eliminated the top and bottom. Everybody plays. The old school gays, you're one or the other. Oh, so now it goes both ways? Modern gays are a little bit more like, all right. Good for the goose is good for the gander, but that doesn't apply. Good for the goose. What's good for the goose is good for the other goose. These geese are just good to each other is what I'm saying. One dude gets worn out and then he lays down like, whew, okay. And then he, and then the other guy goes, 
That's modern gay. Old school gay was, no, no, no. We each have one job here. And then it's nappies. Anyway. It's strange. And dogs have always been like a little bit strange. But you try to discourage. dogs will mount. Sure, sure, sure. It's a dominating thing. Right. That's more of a power play. And then they just get confused. And they'll hump your leg. But your, your job as a good dog owner is to discourage that. NPR would have that be a backyard rave. They'd have rainbow lights. They'd, and label them. they'd have KDKB come by and broadcast live. It's weird. Uh, so, Coco's pangender. Oh, yeah? You think so? Yeah. She can't believe she just vacillates? Yeah. <laughs> Pick a day. Sometimes she shows up in a tie, wants kibble. Sometimes she wants some soft food. I get it. Uh, what do you got on the big board of musical treats here? Happy Valentine's Day. I hope it all worked out for you and your gay zoo animals. Weirdos. <laughs> Uh, Wake Up Song brought to you by... It's true. It's gross. Brought to you by Action Ride Shop. Uh, You know, I just got got a text message from Josh the other day, and he sent pictures of all the snow up there. So he's tearing it up up there on the snowboard. So you want to get up north, Action Ride Shop's got you dialed in with your snowboards, your skis, your binds. Whatever you need to get up there, they're going to hook you up. And if you don't want to go up there and you want to hit the trails this weekend like I'm going to... Are you? Oh, yeah. Finally, after my accident, I'm going to try oh, yeah. to get out on a mountain bike. But uh, Action Ride Shop's got the full line of uh, Pivot, Santa Cruz, Kona, you name it, they got it. ActionRideShop.com is where you're going to go. And on the list, uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy, kind of uh, for the Rachel Dozel <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blood Simple on the list. Public Enemy for Rachel. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Uh, Pantera, Metallica, Five Finger Death Punch, Danko Jones, Cancer Slugs. Uh, Rick Derringer. For the guys who beat up uh, the shooter in Kansas yeah. City, Real American. Real American. Uh, Death Clock and uh, Mindless Self-Indulgence, I Want to Be Black for Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Dolan. Somebody else also said, uh, The Ting Tings, that's not my yeah, name. I, yeah, I, I listened to that and I'm like, no. That's not my name. They call me Stacy. <laughs> yeah. They call me Hope. Stacy would have been a good name for Rachel to change to oh. instead of Ngeechee. Yeah, I want to hear from the Tucson co-workers, because I know they're down there going, yeah, she was talking about her black roots a lot, because we all asked about her name. She had a name you would ask about. If a new lady downstairs started, again, and looked like, you know, was white as can be, and she had a crazy tribal name, you'd be like, what's going on with the name? Where'd that come from? Amy, down the hall. Isn't Amy? She's Amy. Everybody asks her, why is it Amy? Why not Amy? Because it's A-M-E-E. Why is it Amy? Everybody wants to know when you've got a weird name what your name's about. You wander in as a white woman named Ndichie Dialop. I'm Bulbul. Dialop. If I came in and said, call me Bulbul, it's like John's pretending. Something's wrong. She didn't have a friend in the world. What did her coworkers say? Who's your dad? Uh, Alex Haley. <laughs> the one that wrote Roots? Roots? What, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's not real. I'm looking into this. Why aren't people more inquisitive? Why aren't people... Because it's a, it's a sign of... There's just zero intelligence left if you don't have a question about that. You got Indici Ungulga Aulapa. You look like you're from friends. <laughs> anyway, I like this. We'll do a little fight to power. Corn and exhibit. All right. Is that what he said? Did you I, know, I didn't put that in Toledo there. just put that in. I can't that put in. that in. Fight to power. They redid that? Got me. Where did that come from? That's the that's the Public Enemy song, I think. Public Enemy, yeah. It's a cover of Public Enemy? Isn't that uh, what you said? 
Oh, that's not even on the list. Not even there. You just imagine. I said, that. "Welcome to the Terror Dome." You fever dreamed up <laughs> like, the wow. power by Corn and Exhibit, and now you got me curious. Well, we're going to fight the power. Yeah, no, let's play it. Corn and Exhibit did this from State of the Union soundtrack Triple X Two. Is it clean? <laughs> the only person that's heard this is Brady. Triple X. <laughs> no, I, I didn't see that one. I'm sure you did. You forgot. They blend the triple X's. Was this the triple X that had Ice Cube in it? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. I, 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 mean, you, I you haven't seen, seen that. One. I knew he was in it. I saw the <laughs> yeah. third one. You were quick to answer. Wait, you jumped over two and watched yeah. three? How did you follow? I'm kidding. Uh, it's Corn and Exhibit. <laughs> Fight the power. Toledo just popped it in there. It seems to make sense. It's 98 KUPD. This one's for you and DT. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. 